Traveling the Vortex. We've joined River Song as she adventures on her own and arriving at episode 436. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? She's on her own for now. <laughs> for now, on her way to meet her husband. For now. Question mark. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Teaser. Yeah. <laughs> Teaser. It, it, it was a cliffhanger, wasn't it? Because <laughs> I went ahead and listened to the next one. <laughs> Aren't you glad I didn't I convince Sean not to push better, not to let him push off the next two stories? Yeah, yeah. I'm angry. I, I think we should have waited. No, you're not. I, I think Glenn deserves the, the <laughs> torment. Not because he was going to listen to it anyway, whether it was on that's the schedule true. or not. Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had planned to listen to all four of them anyway. So. See? What did you guys do this week? I watched a lot of stuff. Oh, well, you should start. Uh, first thing we watched was a romantic comedy on Netflix called You'll Always Be My Maybe. I've heard nothing but good things about it's it. It's really enjoyable. It's really cute. Keanu Reeves kind of steals his section of the movie, but he's not in it a lot. So it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you, I mean, it's a kind of by the numbers romantic comedy, but the humor is pretty spot on. Very nicely done. Then we went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home. We saw that too. Did you, Sean? I am probably going tomorrow. Oh. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it a lot. I did too. A worthy addition to the Spider-Man movies. I've heard nothing but good things about that. It's nice that they're doing things kind of differently from, you know, New York-based stories. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yep. Especially since Spider-Man's pretty they... much home-based in New York. Yeah. They took it out of the... And both times. I mean, there was half New York last time, half D.C., this yeah, time, I wouldn't say much, half, but yeah, pretty much all DC this DC. time. Yeah, all, all DC. You no, mean all Europe? <laughs> all Europe, all out of New York, pretty much. Yes, a lot of interesting stuff, and kind of plays into some, I think, Spider-Man tropes, but plays into them really well. Yeah, agreed. It hits all the, it hits all the right notes without it feeling old and tired. Yeah, it feels very fresh and very new. And a great new way to continue the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Some really great surprises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last thing we watched was Stranger Things 3. You've watched the whole series? Mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but good things about that. <laughs> yeah. We haven't started because we're still, we want to finish up Good Omens. It's good. There's a lot of really good stuff in it. My complaint with it is it's too familiar. It feels too similar to last season. Mm. Whereas I thought season one and season two in their storytelling, the tone remained the same, but in their storytelling, they changed what they were doing. I didn't feel like they changed what they were doing from two to three. It felt the same. Uh And it felt a lot more of a rehash. That being said, I like what they do with the characters more in season three than season two. Mm. Like a lot of my complaints with season two is how they paired up characters and some weren't around like I thought they should have been, this does not have that issue at all. Everyone is in a pairing that works really well 
throughout the entire series. And while there are surprises in it, there are surprises that are, well, of course that's what's going to happen. Why did I think it might be anything else? (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of the, the surprises of, kind of disappointing surprises in a way. Not that I knew that they were coming. It was, uh, well, I didn't predict it, but that is kind of predictable in hindsight sort of thing. It's still really good. I love being in that universe. So, Sean, what'd you do? We finished Good Omens. Hey! Which was excellent. Such an enjoyable series. I love... I guess I've really missed David Tennant. I didn't realize how much I've missed David Tennant. <laughs> I think I've said that before. I just really missed David Tennant. But the pairing between uh, between the two of them is just just excellent. Our chemistry is just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that was really good. And uh, Mel and I started and then wound up plowing through and finishing The Kaminsky Method, which is another Netflix show mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. And I cannot recommend that one highly enough. It is extremely funny. And very well written. And uh, short. It's only eight episodes. So that's a... a, Eight half hour episodes? Eight half hour episodes. So it's a bonus. Although they did announce apparently that it is getting a second season. And um, then we went and saw Rocket Man. Ooh, how's Rocket Man? Excellent. I heard better than Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, uh, fundamentally it probably is a better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody. It doesn't have quite the same oomph. Because, you know, it's not Queen. Well, yeah. But it's Elton John, so there's that. And there's not as great of a tragedy at the end. Yeah. I mean, Elton's still here. I yeah, mean. that's, a, that's a, Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, um, you know, the, the, the tagline was a, uh, what is it, a true rock and roll fantasy or a true fantasy, something along those lines. And it, it's it's bright and vibrant, and it's very much it's n- almost not a, a a biopic. It's more of a musical number because you know, mm-hmm. they break into song and dance numbers, and they're very fanciful and very bright and very colorful. And there's a part of me that almost wishes they'd have gone further with it. Like I, I kind of wish you'd gotten Boz Lerman to come in and direct it because if you're going to hit me over the head with this, let's really hit me over the <laughs> head with it and just go for the nines. Mm. But it was really good. Hmm. That's one we've been wanting to see, just haven't got around to get out to see yet. What'd you do, Glenn? We're watching movies. Um, Thursday, I was off Thursday and Friday, so we went over to Wamigo and watched the fireworks, and they put on an amazing show. And then I've heard nothing but good things about <laughs> that. <laughs> and then saw Spider-Man: Far From Home on Friday, and then Saturday we went to uh, Kansas City uh, to the theater in the park and saw Music Man, which was quite enjoyable as well. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that was planned. That was it. Well, nothing much else besides that. I do have a sad note. We went to Worlds of Fun on uh, uh, Saturday and uh, rode the Timberwolf, the revised, revamped, remodeled rebuilt Timberwolf. Oh, I didn't know they had done that. Yeah. It's dead to me. (laughs) I love wooden roller coasters. I love the Timberwolf. I will never ride it again. I hurt so much coming off of that thing. And you guys know me. I I don't... I'm not normally one of those people that complains about stuff like that. Because, you know, it's a roller coaster. Of course you're going to hurt afterwards. No. They've... They... They killed it. 
That's interesting that it. Huh. Uh, you would have thought they'd made it smoother since. Yeah. It, I I always heard after I got off of it because it was a wooden roller coaster. It's so janky and jerky. And I, th- old. I, th- I thought you were going to say they ruined it because they made it too yeah, smooth. It was too smooth. That's no, what I was afraid of. No, it's. Th- think about the worst experience you've ever had on a Woody and then multiply it by a zillion. That's what it felt like coming off well, of that. Well, that's not an improvement. Yeah, no. It was. Uh, they got rid of the helix in the middle, the, the big kind of spiral uh-huh. and they've replaced it with this big gigantic overbank turn and then a couple of other things and you know the turn's cool and whatnot but it, it just something about the way that it's been put back together it's like it's not given enough again because when they that's the one of the nice things about wooden roller coasters is the track kind of gives so it, it gives more of a smooth ride but that one's gotten so old and rickety that it it would do the opposite of that and it would just kind of throw you around so yeah yeah, we, we, we got off of it. I'm still hurting. I'm still sore today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, so I, I came home and burned some wood in effigy. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a sad day. Mm-hmm. Prowler is still awesome, though. Yeah, I love the Prowler. All right, well, should we move on to feedback? Let's. We have feedback this week from Jamie. Jamie writes, greetings and salutations, Vortexers. Episode 115. Okay, the More Than a Feeling feedback song is currently tied with the Flash feedback song for my current (laughs) favorite. (laughs) Moving on to the King's Demons. I have seen this one, albeit several years ago. I remember the Master being rather good in it. Chameleon, who only has his first and last episodes televised since they didn't like the prop, was fine, but kind of worthless. He's joined the ranks of Big Finish now, by the way. Listen to your coverage, and it does sound like a fun story, though. Primeval. Can I talk about Keeper of Trocken now? I can see the similarities and how they add to each other, but found that having seen Trocken isn't a prerequisite for Primeval. Yes, you should definitely watch Keeper of Trocken. It's a wonderful piece of who that doesn't seem to drag much. Yes, Primeval expects that you've seen Keeper, but I still think you could hand Primeval to someone who's only seen a handful of Nissa stories and they'd be just fine. And we did. <laughs> Were you fine, Keith? I, would, I wonder if I would like Primeval more now. In hindsight, no appreciation for it. Yeah. Oh, there's an experiment. Episode 116 and the legendary Nerva Beacon. First, in your feedback section, you talk about the target novelizations and wonder the status of Doctor Who novels. According to the TARDIS wiki, technically an imprint and not an independent publisher, they were owned by several houses. However, the Doctor Who line is most associated with W.H. Allen Company, who owned Target from 77 to 89, and then Virgin Books, who bought them in 90. Ark in Space. I remember this being very good. The Doctor goading Sarah on to greatness when she gets stuck is great. The bubble wrap doesn't bother me. It looks good, and it's an effect that doesn't take away from the experience, like, say, CSO in stories such as Underworld. I agree, Tom's first season is his best. It's before the jokes got a hand, before the magnitude of the role got to his head. Here it feels like it's a job, and he hasn't ad-libbing majorly like the Williams Adams era, or grouchy like in the J&T era. It's near perfect, Revenge being the only major downslide, and even that one's not that bad. Destination Nerva. While in later stories he sounds like the fourth Doctor we know and love, in this one you can hear Tom's age. This isn't the first thing he recorded. He did the Lost Stories box set the week before this, which is really good, and the Hornet's Nest, Demon Quest, and Serpent Crest audio dramas for BBC Audio and Audio Go in 2009, 10, and 11, respectively. As for the plot, it's okay. It's not a bad story, but there are much better ones later on. Episode 117 and All Things Second Doctor. 
But first, in the news segment, you bring up rumors of the Clara River love triangle with the 11th Doctor in the second half of Series 7. Knowing what occurred in Series 7B and River's involvement, I find the notion laughable. (laughs) The closer to reality love triangle would be Clara and the TARDIS. (laughs) So you mentioned crossovers as a very general topic when discussing the land of fiction. We've already had a Star Trek Next Gen crossover. Why not a Star Wars Marvel crossover? So the mind robber itself, it's an enjoyable story, if a little weird. The episodes are a bit on the short side, too. But it's still very enjoyable, the concepts and acting are well done, and all the leads get something to do. It's very different, and it just works. As for the land of fiction, it's an interesting concept that after its first appearance in The Mind Robber, has appeared in novels and Big Finish. Shadow of Death. I remember this one as being enjoyable, but details escape me. Unlike you guys, though, I don't remember these being as such where they felt they needed more or that I didn't want it to end. I must say, though, Fraser does do an excellent second Doctor. Prisoners of Time, Issue 2. Enjoying the story. The art is better in this one, and the story is very Second Doctor. So, all that leaves for this episode is my Second Doctor retrospective. I really like Troughton's Doctor. He's fun, adventurous, mischievous. Where Hartnell was the stern grandfather with a twinkle in his eye, Troughton is the fun, clownish uncle. He's fun, sweet, but can be stern and tough when he needs to be. The Daleks kept the show going past its first season. Troughton kept it going indefinitely. This regeneration was most important. If it had failed, the show would have been over. He had his idiosyncrasies, such as his love of hats, his recorder, and his weird little run. But he's fun, and he just steals the show in any scene he's in. You can't really help but love him, and it's a shame that so much of his material is missing. What story best encapsulates his doctor? I don't know. Really, you could pick any of his. When Glenn selected all of them in your poll six years ago, he might not have been that far off. (laughs) Tomb of the Cybermen's a good example, but maybe also Underwater Menace to show his range, where he goes from goofy market stall lady disguise to seriousness when confronting Zaroff. It's hard, I can't really decide. I have seen or heard all of his, but it's been a few years, and again, details escape me. Looking forward to replies and hearing where you go next. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on Series 7B. That's it for now. Keep up the good work. Great show. Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Jamie. All right, well, let's get into this week's reviews. The Boundless Sea. River Song has had more than enough excitement for a while. Deciding the universe and her husband can look after themselves, she has immersed herself in early 20th century, 20th century academia, absorbed in writing archaeological theses. But when a mysterious tomb is found in a dry, distant land, excitement comes looking for River. Can Professor Song stop any more members of the expedition from dying? What deadly secrets lie buried within the crypt? And will British Consul Bertie Potts prove to be a help or a hindrance? Eh. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I think it's an enjoyable kickoff to this box set. But it's definitely not the star of the box set by any means. No, no. <laughs> Maybe I just built it up in my head too much. I, I was really kind of looking forward to doing something different from Big Finish and Oh River Song. Okay, yeah, this is gonna be great, Diary of River Song. And then I don't know. I, I I feel in a way kind of cheated because it seems like whenever we get an Egyptian archaeological dig story within a Doctor Who confines, it's not done very well. And this one kind of fell into that where we we, we had some more of the same. 
you know, okay, there's a thing, and then this happens, and then there's some stuff, and then uh, that was the end. It just, it, it just kind of rushed through it, and it just, you know, there were some great ideas. I, 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 the, the, the thought of being buried alive terrifies me. There aren't many things that terrify me. Mandrels terrify me, but <laughs> that's one of them. Is is just you know when they shove this poor woman down in there with her husband, it's just like ooh. And I you know yeah, I bet that did happen. I could totally buy that being a thing back in the mm-hmm. back in the day. And then the idea that there were these weird nanite things that were keeping her alive through whatever process of you know whatever salt water that they could find, whatever moisture there was. And keeping her alive for three thousand years, it's just like, man, what a great concept! And then she gets out, and she's going to wreak havoc on everybody, and it's it's the mummy. And it's like, okay, I thought it was a clever way to do the mummy. Yeah, but then the first thing she does is head to a body of water to ostensibly infect everybody, but instead it winds up killing her. It just, it, I, I just seems like there was no. That was your plan, but yet that's how River dispatched you. So. Eh, I, it, it, I I don't know. It just it didn't work for me. I got the impression that River did something to foil her and get her into the water, where she wasn't planning on actually getting in the water. She was just going to, you know, spread the nanites into whatever. So right. I get the impression that River kind of tripped her and like knocked her into the yeah, ocean. knowing that she would absorb too much water, that it would be too much instead yeah. of yeah too much for her to kill her so yeah that's got i i kind of came across the same way to me i i liked it i mean it's not the greatest story out there but i i think what i like is when you go into a story where you know that river's going to be the lead and river's going to be the main subject of it and you know you're not going to get you know river as a companion i think that i i was a little trepidatious because i wanted to I, I wanted to go into because I like River Song. I wanted to go into it really excited for the series, but I've always kind of thought, can River really carry a story on her own? And so I think what I liked about this was it put River immediately in her element and made me comfortable with her. Literally, because it's an archaeological yeah. dig. Well, yeah. that's and that's the other thing that I really liked about it is we always talk about you know River the archaeologist, River the archaeologist, but you don't really see a lot of her doing much archaeology. Um, there's, you know, here and there bits and bobs that, that, you know, she's involved with in the series, but for the most part, it's whatever adventure they're on and, and her archeological background doesn't really play much into it. Um, there's, you know, it, sometimes they play to the strength of, of, of her having the knowledge, but, uh, and then, and, but they get clever with it, make it a joke sometimes with her going back and putting messages on, you know, the oldest message in the, in the universe. So, to actually put her in a story which was heavily an archaeological story, <laughs> even though it still is ends up being an alien influence, but um, I like that, and I like the fact that it was the mummy setting. It felt very not quite Indiana Jones, but a bit swashbuckling adventure uh, storytelling, um, which I thought was good and and uh, played really well as as River plays really well as that character. Um, I liked her and Birdie together too. Yeah, not, I thought they had pretty good. Chemistry. Well, and that yeah, he unfortunately Birdie until he kind of tips his hand of something more is going on. Yeah, Birdie is one of those characters that had he been a one-off, somewhat comical 
sidekick, I think I would have enjoyed it because I kind of did like him in this story. It's it, I, the direction they go with the character, especially later in the next story. I thought was I, 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 well, we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, in this, I, I kind of liked him because I thought he was going to be a different character. Maybe that would have been too tropey, and uh, maybe. Maybe in the long run, it was better to go the direction they went because it was maybe a little bit of a surprise, especially when he slips up and says, oh, I wish you had brought that uh, <laughs> Vortex Manipulator. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, I think maybe after hearing the second story, retroactively, it's... He, clouds I your don't, kind of yeah, opinion. I, yeah, it clouds my opinion of him. But, um, no, I, I thought it was an enjoyable kind of standard standalone story um that obviously you know it, they they with, with him being in it they they sort of set up the arc that's about to happen and so i think that was probably okay but i just i don't, I don't mm. yeah i think i'm being clouded by the second story as far as it's <laughs> tell me on it keith i just i thought they had really good chemistry together i i i thought they had great banter and uh, just you could tell that the two actors really enjoyed working together because I thought that came through throughout the audio that the I'll entire agree time. With. Yeah. But what, what about... What, tell me on the episode itself. Well, so, see... So what makes the story work for you? It feels like the Diary of River... Not the... The Husbands of River Song, River, that we get at the beginning where we all marvel that, oh, so this is what River's like when she's not with the Doctor. How fun is that? And this is more of the exact same thing. However, I think the storytelling is a little bit a little bit better in this because you're not, of course, going to be running into the doctor, so she's got to fix things on her own. And I think the acting is better in this. The first half of the Husbands of River song, I know part of it was Alex playing up the role for King Hydrofax, but it felt like so much of that was overacting. And this feels much more toned back of the river we got throughout the 11th Doctor's run. Mm-hmm. So it feels like a great melding of the two. And just a fantastic adventure. Some of the plot of the mummy is kind of, well, the ideas are neat. It's borrowed. Yeah, it's borrowed. And there's, you know, a rather quick resolution. But it's it's setting up the groundwork of here's what you can kind of expect from these stories. You're going to have a lot of fun. There's probably going to be some cool ideas. And there's going to be... Some emotion going into it too, and there you go. I think what I found was interesting with this story too is it's the longest of the four in this box set, mm. running about seven minutes longer than most of the other ones. Yeah, and it still didn't feel longer. No, it really it, didn't. It, it, uh, in fact, it felt of the all. Well, I'll tip my hand. I've listened to all four, and it felt the shortest out of all of them. And I think that's because there are elements to the other stories that kind of drag those down a bit, but we'll get to those. When we the get. pacing in this is... Yeah, the pacing is really well. Really it's, it's really on really point. Fast. I think they could have fleshed out some of the ideas in it a little bit more, and a lot of the side characters besides Birdie and... Uh, what's her face? Uh, Daphne. Is that the main mummy? Prim. Prim. Prim, yeah. Prim. Prim uh, Daphne was the gal they kept looking for. That guy yeah. Could have used a bit more development, but when you're only dealing with an hour-long format, you can't give too much there. Yeah, yeah. There's and most of them of, are fodder anyway. Not a lot of time. from the guy that climbs the tree. Right. Not a lot of time for uh, 
Yeah, I, and I liked him. I yeah, liked him he was pretty enjoyable. It plays into a lot of the mummy tropes, but in a, and I think a, a well done for it, considering it's a period piece too, a Doctor Who story. It made it Doctor Who enough that it was still fits into this universe. Now see, maybe I just need to listen to it again then, because I I, I don't disagree with with the acting. I, I I thought Alice Kingston was on point. I thought she was fantastic. I don't disagree with the chemistry between her and, and the guy playing Birdie. I thought they were, had a lot of fun. It, that came through. And I, I, what's frustrating is that I like the mummy. So if you're going to throw me a mummy story, I'm I'm there. You, 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 half the battle's already over with. It's like, yeah, bring it on. I like those tropes. Um, we're going to put River in an archaeological dig? Okay, cool. I mean, admittedly, she's going to fall down more on the Indiana Jones than the Brody Marcus scale of archaeology, but I'm okay <laughs> with that. And so that that should work for it. And as you said, as you know, as Glenn said, not having her as a companion, but having her as the the, the lead, as the anchor. I've kind of been wanting that. I want I want River to you know drive the wheels off of it and just go. And instead, I just don't feel like it went anywhere. It just it it felt like a bunch of setup that then had a hasty resolution kind of slapped onto it. I didn't get anything out of it other than, well, this is the setup for the next story because we didn't really resolve anything where the nanites came from or they who, just dispatched who them. Birdie yeah. is or any, it was just solve this mystery. Ta-da. Okay. It, it just seemed like an excuse to get into the box set. And I, I was, I guess maybe I was just hoping for more than that, but maybe I just need to listen to it again. Well, well there, there I isn't wonder... a whole lot of depth to it either. I mean, it's a fairly simple story for the most part, they try to add a little bit in there with kind of Prim's motivations of she was locked away and that wasn't fair and she didn't get to choose her life and taking away her agency and giving her some back and going vengeance on it. But And that was a great scene between the two of them where Ruby's yeah. actually, you know, so often you get a protagonist that says, I know what you're going through. And it's kind of like, eh, do, you, do, you, do you really? And in this case, you could, yeah, I mean, maybe not the same, but. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, if part of you feeling that way about it being you know, a way to get into the box set is because we haven't really done anything. We haven't reviewed anything that really is box set-ish. We always do monthly yeah. type stuff. Keith and I are a lot more familiar with the box sets because we've been listening ahead and doing listening to a lot of those. Um, War Doctor, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Unit. Unit. Um, so I think that maybe perhaps we have already gotten over that hump of that's so some, somewhat how when they when you when it comes out as a box set I know it's going to be some sort of carry through arc, and I know that it's going to be some sort of of uh, four quick succession stories that are all kind of kind of interlink for for the most part some more than others yeah some more than others um, so I wonder if maybe you're just certainly not used to that. Maybe that's why Keith and I have already gotten over that hump. That could be. Did that you have that feeling when you listened to your first box set, whatever I, that was? I do think I, even with this one, this might have been one of my first ones because I listened to it shortly after uh, Husbands of River Song came out in 2015 because that's when this came out. And I remember thinking, well, that was kind of a throwaway story. And I don't th- think I enjoyed it as much as I did the second time. I think hmm. the War Doctor box set was the same way for me where the first story really kind of felt like a quick get into it and then you know and because yeah. uh, that one has a lot of characters overlapping but well 
two or three particularly. Yeah. But. And that one does lay a little bit more groundwork into what's coming in the future of yes, the stuff box sets, where true. this one is just such a small little nugget that you don't get a whole lot. Right. And I think it is probably the most, you know, getting you into the box set stories of the box sets I've listened to. So of of the, you know, overall impact of the box set, this story is probably the less or a story as far as, you know, overall story arc than any other ones I've heard, if that makes sense. Okay. I think it was kind of that way with High Davros, too, when I heard that. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't listened to that one yet. Well, maybe, uh, maybe my opinion will, will change after I get through the end of it, because I, I did stop. Well, like, uh, like a good boy. <laughs> I, I did stop where the homework assignment ended. Um, so once I get through the rest of the box set, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change. Or like I said, maybe I just need to listen to it again. But it just, I was, I was a little disappointed. I wanted more. All right. Well, but you may move, not be wrong. Let's move on to the next one. I went to a marvelous party. <laughs> River Song always enjoys a good party, even when she's not entirely sure where or when the party is taking place. But the party she ends up at is one where not everything. Or indeed, everyone is what it seems. Being River, it doesn't take her long to go too long to go exploring, and it doesn't take her too long to get into trouble—the sort of trouble that involves manipulating other civilizations, exploitation, and of course, murder. River is confident that she can find the killer, but can she identify them with before anyone else, or quite possibly before, or quite possibly everyone else gets killed? I liked this one better, Ooh. but not by much. <laughs> Again, Alex Kingston was wonderful, and I applaud so much the, hey, I'm in this room, and there's a dead body, and the reaction is, of course. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we've been waiting for that reaction for so long, I think. <laughs> but... Birdie coming back was kind of a surprise, but not necessarily a good one. And uh, the thing I don't like about Birdie's return is I don't feel like they well, gave us a good enough explanation. No, yeah, they never did explain it. He just shows up, and, and he's fine, which and I, I thought. And I don't remember Because the first story left leaves it like he yeah. completely was wiped out by the nanites. But, yeah, it, yeah uh, that was, uh, I think that's what left a bad taste in my mouth for this story to start off. Because I didn't and enjoy, then Birdie too, I didn't so. enjoy this one that much. Um, that that he just suddenly shows up and suddenly he's part of this big uh, group of people that are going to take over the world. Um, and I don't know. They just the the whole pompous nature of the group and just, I mean River ends up thwarting their little soiree and situation where they're with taking advantage of this planet, but. It just, you know, him being a part of that, I thought, okay, there's going to be some more mystery and intrigue here. You know, we're going to find out more about Birdie and find out what, you know, what's going on, what his motivations are. And suddenly they're, they, they, they sort of change his character in such a way that what made him, made it fun about him in the first story completely strips all of that away and makes him a bit, uh, I mean, he's, they still... You can still he you can tell he's still a little bit on her side and 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 willing to help her out, but 
it just I think could, some of it is also it kind of you know, now River out, is suspicious because of yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So the chemistry isn't as strong. They but, hollow out the character a lot. Yeah, in the first one, he comes across as almost in awe of her. Yeah. You know, kind of puppy dogish, following her around. And in this one, he's so much more mysterious, but yet it, it, it changes it into this manipulative, yes, he believes in her. Oh, she'll be perfect for the person to solve this. But it's because he's so haughty about it that it's yes, just... It, yeah, haughty is a good good, good word for it. it, it, it well, really they all does, are, but he is, yeah, part of that. It just really does hollow him out. I, I did appreciate the fact that a lot of times when you're... And ta- or your protagonist is dumped into the middle of a murder mystery or a mystery of any sort. Oftentimes, they're either the prime the prime suspect, or at least on the list of suspects. And so it was refreshing for them to say, "Well, obviously, it couldn't be River," and let her kind of suss it out from there. And I thought, okay, that's nice because now we're not shackled with her. You know, how many times has the doctor and his companions gotten to a situation where they have to, yeah. you know, clear yeah. their name or 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 um, solve the mystery so that they can clear their name? And Which this, as fans, we obviously know the doctor didn't do it. Right, right. So it's like, I understand where you're setting that up from that scenario, but it's a waste of time. And it was really refreshing from a fan perspective of going, okay, yeah, we know she didn't do it. Right. And that everybody else is, already says, well, no, she didn't do it. So I, I, that was refreshing. That was one of the, the highlights of this story is the fact that you're not shackled with the fact that now she's got to prove that she's not <laughs> a part of something that's, you know, or, or, or the murderous. Um, but yeah, I just, the, the gal hiding out on the ship that happened to be, you know, they kept calling her the primitive and she didn't in no way came across as a primitive. I think that, um, maybe in my mind, we have the, the idea of a primitive being somebody like, um, uh, Leela or, you know, and she's only primitive in the sense that their world is a bit behind what the, 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 what the hotties, you know, Haughty? No, haughty. 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 Um, <laughs> you have to say uh, haughty like Party members, you know, uh, uh, in, in, enjoy as far as uh, a little bit of an advancement. Well, and you've also got to kind of assume we would be considered primitives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Their, so, their... And uh, her hiding out in a robot, <laughs> um, she had a good point that she, there was no way that she would not have been a suspect <laughs> of murdering the guy. Right. Uh, so it made sense that she hit out. But um, the other thing that I thought was c- kind of cool is the fact that, you know, River, obviously, she she believes her. She knows that it, it couldn't be her and she decides to help her. And I think the way that she sets it up so they end up having to jettison the part of the ship that has the, <laughs> the uh, tech that's controlling the planet um I thought that was clever. Her said, you know, because if the doctor had placed a bomb in and tried to fool or placed a fake bomb in and trick somebody into jettisoning a piece of the ship in order to the doctor, that's something that the doctor would have done, but you would have it when the doctor becomes manipulative, you're it's a, a little uneasy, easy, but knowing River's character so well, it's you know it, it's almost like it's okay. Oh, <laughs> you you're know? you're totally rooting. Yeah, for exactly. And oh, and yeah. I and I I I I think I kind of saw 
where this was going and and probably maybe Suster figured it out soon enough that maybe that kind of also put a damper on the story. But I did like the fact that she did what she did. Um, and, and letting, uh, what was the gal's name? That, uh, Spitz? Spritz? Yeah. The, the primitive? Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty much letting Spritz take the fall for it, knowing that, yeah. Number one, there was no way to clear. There was absolutely no There's way. No so, so number two, you know, take the suspicion to an even further aspect in order to take any suspicion off you of concocting this sort of plan. So, I thought that was kind of good, uh, clever. And then free Spritz from any further suspect by essentially having her killed. Yes, in yeah, the explosion in the expo- yeah, yeah, in, in the jettisons and sucked into the sun. And I like the fact that while River figures out who saw, who committed the murder and who done it, there is no big I've figured it out. There's no yeah, yeah. there's no Hercule Perlow, you know, Agatha Christie type trope that they could have gone to very easily yep. to reveal who the actual murderer was and they didn't do that. Well and there's a there's almost a double murder thing going on there because oh, yeah. it's the one guy gets killed and then the other guy uh, who's blackmailing <laughs> ends up uh, using the that that was the thing too that I didn't quite understand was using the ionized ionized <laughs> rays from the video cameras I thought was a little <laughs> bit tick techno babble but yeah. I, I I let it pass a bit but yeah I I think I enjoyed the first story more I think because it, it was just fun and adventurous, and this one it was you know the, we're going to do the mummy, and now we're going to do you know murder in the Orient Express. So and this kind of felt like the second half to uh, Husbands of River Song. Once yeah, the Doctor yeah. shows up, you know that's true. Once they get off planet without the Doctor, yeah, that's true. It had a Doctor in it. Did you guys uh, recognize the voice of Marcus? No, Alexander Siddig. Oh, oh no. really? I yeah. did not know that was who that was. I'll be darned. Sean, what did you like about it? Um, you like this one more? You said. I think I like this one more. I, I, I liked um, River. Definitely has her agency. I mean, she does in the first one as well, but in this one, she's she's faced with this conglomerate uh you know conspiracy laden group um and it she doesn't even bat an eye at these people yeah okay (laughs) oh you're doing that okay i'm gonna take you down and then she does it just you know very i i i like that that she is that at, at no point in time even when she was suffocating and somebody was pumping the air out of the room i i never never once was it still seemed to me that she was in control of the situation. So it, it, in a way, it was very almost Doctor-esque in how River handled herself throughout the story, which es- I appreciate. Especially thinking through and rationalizing her physiology and, and, and knowing that, okay, well, I'll, I'll be able to yeah. you know last longer than yeah. this. I thought that was kind of clever. Knowing that she's not full-time lady, but knowing that she would have the physiology to withstand it understanding how the doctor would have been able to withstand it so as you said you know when the doctor is manipulative it can be a little uncomfortable unless it's seven um 
but with even River. Then, sometimes it's still <laughs> well, even then, sometimes Seven has a, a, at least on in the television episodes, he always has a look on his face as though I don't really want to be being manipulative. Whereas when you watch River, she's almost enjoying it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 With River, you're 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 rooting for her to do it. And so once she started spinning this yarn about, oh, there's a bomb on the... I was like, <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> and so I was just kind of, you know, just right there waiting for her to stick it to him. Uh, and I think that's what I enjoyed about it was, you know, looking at these people getting their comeuppance. And, and because it's it's not even that it's a different story. It's, it's kind of a, oh, there's a powerful group of people playing God. Yeah, we've had that a zillion times. Um, but I like the fact that in one very neat little package, she manages to, uh, solve the problem of the murder, um, take care of the, uh, the, the whole operation in regards to the way they're manipulating all of this stuff, uh, and, and at least put a dent in the crimp in it. And uh, uh, free the woman from, you know, I mean, all, bam, it's all the same solution. And it takes care of all of the problems. Yeah. And I just, I, I thought, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was quite clever. I enjoyed the, the even the spaceship setting. I thought was, um, it, it's not any different from, you know, any other Starliner spaceship setting that we've had. But just putting River into that, it was fun to have her go through those motions. Well, I think to uh, to the point you were talking about earlier about uh, you know uncomfortable with the doctor doing certain things with her, if the, if the doctor had been there, he would have been immediately telling them why they were wrong, why 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 <laughs> why what they were doing, of, and know. and and pointing out that you know I will fix this. I'll it would stop have come it. with a lesson. I'll put this this. <laughs> I'll put a stop to this. With River, it's more she's able to kind of um, just meld into a situation, even though she's going to do the exact same thing that the doctor is. She's going to thwart the situation, and she's going to turn it on its ear, and she's going to make sure that it ends there, there and now. But she'll play along with it with mm-hmm. no sort of uh, – uh, I mean, she just handles it completely different. And it's a, it, that's a refreshing uh, change when, you, when you're so used to how – Every incarnation of the Doctor handles a situation oh, like yeah. that, and somebody that steps in and and has the the license to be able to do that, you know, because because of the character that she is and the character that they have established in the world of Doctor Who, I think it 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 just works so much better. And I'm really appreciative that Big Finish recognizes that and doesn't try to make her like the Doctor because they could easily have gone through the okay, this is basically Doctor Who without the Doctor, so Rivers in his place. And we'll do what the doctor would do, but they made sure to go about it the way River would, as opposed to just literally swapping out characters and still making River give a speech about why this is wrong and I'm going to stop you. Yeah. They could have easily fallen into that trap, and I they lo- didn't. I love how they're playing into the fact that she's, you know, written the, the Melody Malone uh, <laughs> stuff, too. Oh, that was such a they, great joke. They make yeah. little, well, and there's been, a, there's a couple of little references to her, uh, specialty in mystery writing um <laughs> i i tell you one of the things that is completely and i i don't know what it is about it that i don't like but something that's completely dr- just scraping on my nerves is the theme song is horrible it is so bad <sighs> you I know to skip it every time it, 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 we went into it in the first one and i 
is like, okay, it's kind of a James Bondy. It's bad James Bond. It's know. like they're trying to be James Bond and they're just missing the mark. Which, which is interesting because of all the different characters that I could associate River Song with, James Bond is not James one Bond of them. Is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not quite sure if they had gone with an Indiana Jones style theme or, you know, okay, yeah, I could see that. But, but Bond? No. But I listened to it and I went, hey, I'm not really feeling it. And then I listened to it in the second episode and thought, eh, I guess it's okay for River. And then I got, I, 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 I told a little fib, I kind of sort of got into the third one accidentally because <laughs> it just started playing on, on, right. the, on the next on the next file. And then the theme song kicked in, and I decided, no, I really don't like this at all. <laughs> like, I was ready to give it a chance, and then I heard it again. I was like, no. And it might be no, slightly just... better if they didn't do the pre-theme uh, the pre-credit scene, sequence. Yeah, sequences. It just, I don't know. It's just, it's it's really grating on my nerves. Hmm. So I, I, as soon as I've it starts, I sk- towards this. <laughs> it just skips. I skip past it. Yeah, and I mean, I I have to give big finish props, I guess. For it's it's not an easy thing to sit down and write a theme song, obviously. No, and I'm glad that they've given her her own theme song. And yeah, I mean, I, yeah. It's, it's it would be inappropriate for them to use a Doctor Who theme. But, you know, so you have to write one. I just, it, this wasn't it. Yeah, no, this, <laughs> one, this one missed the mark for me. But so far, I'm I'm really enjoying the uh, the first box set, and I'm enjoying River, and I think that um, Alex Kingston just, she, she finds her stride every time. She's just, she lives that character, and I love it. Yeah. And quite the good cliffhanger at the end of this one. Yeah. <laughs> do we have any? Uh, well, I can't I mean, wait to review do, the. Already, I can't re- wait to review the next two next week, <laughs> especially the, the last one. I'll tip my hand. The next two are much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next two, since we've gone there, coming up on the schedule, uh, will be next week. We're going to go ahead and finish off the Diary of River Song box set and uh, be uh, signs and the rulers of the universe. Or is it the rules of the universe? I wrote rulers. rulers. It is rulers. I wrote it incorrectly on the schedule. So it's rulers of the universe. So we will finish that box set off with that. And uh, look forward to hopefully bigger and better things. All right. Well, don't forget that you can support us on Patreon by becoming a patron of the podcast. Any amount that you can donate helps. And we want to thank all of those people that are already supporting this podcast. Every bit of your money goes right back into this show so that we can continue to produce shows from week to week. And we want to thank you very much for that. Keith, uh, if anybody wants some feedback, how do they contact us? Well, while you're on our site, uh, clicking the Patreon link, you can also click the send us feedback tab and just fill out that form and It'll come directly to us, or you can send it to feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or you can uh, reach out to us on any form of social media. Very good. Anything else we needed to discuss this week before we close the show? All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.